What's up, y'all? Welcome to the latest episode of Bitcoin Magazine Happy Hour. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm here with Michael and Brandon. Greetings. All right, let's crack them open, boys. Ah, nice. Cheers afterwards. We can cheers afterwards. Cheers. Where's they say in French? That sounds Chinese. It's not not Chinese. There you go. All right, so today uh, on the docket, we're going to be talking about Virgil Griffith's a recent arrest after visiting North Korea. Well, he actually visited North Korea like in April, but he just recently got arrested over the Thanksgiving weekend. We're also going to talk about uh, Kelly Loeffler. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Is it Loeffler? Yeah, maybe Loeffler. Loeffler. Yeah, maybe Loeffler. Um, we're talking about her appointment to the Senate, which actually just got confirmed yesterday. It's an emergency appointment. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, so she's in. Uh, so the way it works in Georgia is that the governor just, you know, uh, point someone, and then in the 2020 election, there will be, an you know, a, yeah, an actual yeah. election for it. That's how it works in any southern state. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most of them actually. And uh, we'll also be talking about Bitfinex's integration of the Lightning Network, and maybe at the end we'll talk about uh, the uh, my cause, my cleats for my cleats, my cause, Russell Okung, and that's kind of interesting. Russell. Well, you don't, you don't you don't find that a good no I love that topic. all right I love it. so let's dive it. in let's let's, let's just get dirty with Virgil first because oh. I think this is this is a wild topic dirty verge so for those of you who don't know um, Virgil Griffith uh, was a developer um, and he was actually employed by the ethereum Foundation um, he actually knew Vitalik way back in the day uh, helped him with the white paper a little bit and he visited Pyongyang, the capital of North Korea, also known as the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, but we will be calling it North Korea in this podcast. Um, and he visited uh, the Pyongyang Crypto and Blockchain Conference in April and gave a talk, supposedly titled, I saw somewhere, Blockchain and Freedom. And it was all about how you can use cryptocurrencies to uh, launder money and evade sanctions. Uh, now this caused a big tizzy. In Wait, was the video real? Where like Virgil was giving the presentation, and like Kim Jong Un was like slapping his knee, and being like, "Ah, that's fucking awesome!" Like maybe I, I saw didn't some video. Saw that video. I would put it a zero percent chance that he was giving this presentation to Kim Jong Un. You sure? He's probably giving it to just some random people. <laughs> Damn. Like, all right, this is the most irrelevant what? story. I think in the entire world. Why is it Except, irrelevant? I mean, it's well. Relevant. Let me let me let me let me finish with what happened yeah, yeah. really quick first. So. He goes to this conference, right? And then he ends up getting approached by the FBI when he comes home and he ends up getting arrested in November for basically violating U.S. sanctions and uh, going to the Democratic or going to North Korea without the U.S. Department's clearance. Um, you actually have to get clearance to go to North Korea. Uh, he applied for that clearance and he was denied, but he went anyway. So um, he was arrested by the United States? Yeah, he was arrested by the United States government, by the federal government, I'm pretty sure. And um, basically the by charges the FBI, being, yeah. But the charges being brought against him are uh, helping a foreign government try to evade sanctions. So why do you think that it's a non-story? All right. <clears throat> First and foremost, the stuff that he was telling him from like what I've read is like, hey, you could buy Bitcoin in North Korea, send it to a banking partner in South Korea, and then sell it for uh, a South Korean you know, currency. And it's like, all right, if I was 11 years old, That's I could so come stupid. up with that solution. He's basically, this is the equivalent, in my opinion, of someone going to Russia and telling them how to uh, Google, like, making a nuclear bomb. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, this is such, like, it's not like he's telling them stuff they don't know. uh, Nuclear bombs aren't the anarchist cookbook, you know, it's not like you're making a bomb with, like, the works toilet cleaner, like, so I guess what I would say for, like, that analogy, 
um, I think that you might take for granted how much like people who aren't in this industry know about how this stuff works and know about its potential. So like for all we know, he could have been providing North Korean officials, which I would like in my opinion, because this is the product, part of the problem with this case is people like no one really knows what the conference was like because no one was there. But we could safely assume that these are high level technologists and North Korean officials. Like there's no, this isn't a, co- a conference for normal people. There were like a hundred people there, well, but there based were on the website of what he said, and like he he was basically explaining to them that with this technology you could ev- avoid sanctions. And so just ob- objectively, that is so stupid. Yeah, that's that really is so fucking dumb for like, him to go to North Korea and do this in the first place. This guy's nobody. Nah, he's not a nobody, man. He's a prominent he's, figure he's, in the Ethereum. He's got a Wikipedia page. He's not he, a nobody. Well, what does it mean to be a prominent figure in Ethereum? Nothing. You don't have any power over Ethereum. So, like, you can make your own sure. Wikipedia page. So, but yeah, to, to, but. to be fair, I mean, the only prominent thing about him was that he, and this isn't prominent, I disagree with what I'm about to say, but he was employed by the Ethereum Foundation while he went there. So, like, the fact that he was working for them and then went there. I, like even he wasn't doing it on their behalf. I'm sure that well, you know, right. Like, but that's the thing. That's what he said. But it's like, come on, you're employed. So I mean, imagine if uh, I mean we're employed for Bitcoin Magazine. Imagine if we went to some like obs- I can't think of a conference like this. But imagine if we went to a terrible shitcoin conference and like we're talking about the technology that we're about. How are we not? Why would we do that if we're not in some way representing where we're from? I don't. You know so, what I mean? so I think you guys are missing my point, though. My I point is that like it. this is he's going to people whose jobs are to like run economies, and he's like, "Hey guys, have you ever heard of like transferring right. your money to another bank and selling it there? Like, whoa, what a concept!" I mean, like, but like it's so dumb. Like, I mean, yeah, whether or not it's, so it's dumb is is like is beside the point. Like these these officials, their job is to learn from experts in certain fields how to make things more efficient on their end, and he submitted proposals to the North Korean government, got those proposals approved, and then then proceeded to go to the North Korean capital and teach these officials about how to evade sanctions. And that's the problem, right? And I think so, like, number one... I'm not saying what he did wasn't wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. But it was also, more importantly, dumb and irrelevant. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't... That's my argument. I I would say dumb. Definitely not irrelevant, though, because this is, like, the first instance of the United States government basically punishing someone... For he going went to North Korea, I know I get it. I'm not saying yeah, like you, we expect this, right? <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't but, uh, uh, what's his face, the basketball player, go to North Korea with Popcoin? Dennis Rodman is friends with Kim Jong Un. Yeah, it's like different. I mean, crypto's already sent people to North Korea before, right? Like, yeah, this dude but is just this is a this is a developer from one of the most central entities, the Ethereum Foundation in crypto, going and telling an oppressive regime how they can use cryptocurrencies. To circumvent international sanctions. But he also so could, this is more than relevant. In the same this breath, This is extremely though, relevant. He could have gone over and said, like, you could carry physical gold into South Korea and sell it for dollars there. And it's like, it's the exact same thing. Like, I mean, but on, imagine, just, correct me if I'm wrong. It's so dumb. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the way that this can be all like, exemplified in a meme is that meme where it says, like, nobody, absolutely nobody. <laughs> yeah. And then Virgil, hey, guys, do you want to learn how to, like, get evade sanctions? Like, <clears throat> Exactly. Exactly. Because like, I don't understand where this came from other than him literally being a moron. Well, that was the one thing that people were like talking about on Twitter. It's like I think Larry Cermak from The Block had like a kind of a tweet storm about it where he was basically saying 
like his Facebook page kind of it displays this weird like veneration for the North Korean regime. Yeah. And the dude had a yeah. weird obsession with North Korea, which is another thing that Laura Shin pointed out. She also had a really good tweet storm about it. I recommend anyone read it for anyone who thinks that he was going over there to show normal Korean citizens how to evade sanctions, which he wasn't. But she was basically saying like, okay, he seemed to be obsessed with North Korea, but he either A, was super naive or B, did not really understand how – the system, the political system works. Maybe the both. yeah. Well, maybe the, the dude. Thing. You know, maybe the, let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt for a second. Maybe he went over there completely expecting this to be a normal blockchain conference, like we would go to in the United States. I'm just saying, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And he just thought he was going to be presenting to people there on a topic that he thought was relevant. Sure, I don't think that's sure. the case. I think he had to be really fucking stupid to like you know not realize that who you're going to be talking to are not average North Koreans and it's just going to be the elites. Here's So here's my big qualm with it, I guess, showing my full like bias in this, is that like New York Times ran with the story and they were like, former University of Alabama student working in cryptocurrency <laughs> teaches North Korea how to evade sanctions. And as a guy who is a former University of Alabama student working in the Bitcoin space, I'm like... Yo, please don't let that be our big yeah, like, uh, like uh, number one tie into this space. Like we work really hard on trying to like make Bitcoin important and like yeah. you know a good a force of good for the world. Right, and but that's the other thing too is it's not. I mean, so for normies, it is about Bitcoin, but I think for like everyone else in the industry, they see this as like look at what the Ethereum. And like if you look no, at the original, it's just, dude, it's so so. Like I'm just gonna add this, and I think like we should wrap this like terribly stupid conversation up because this is so terribly stupid. I don't know why you guys are acting like this isn't a big deal. This is huge. It is. It is. It's, it's to me, it's the exact same thing as, uh, some, uh, a criminal walking up to a, um, bad example, but it's just uh, about the point of, we don't have to talk about this for that long. Someone walking up to the police station saying, you know what? Hey, I have. Oh wait, hold on. Big way. We have a uh, we have a special guest here. So this is right. coming in. I'm I'm hearing what you guys are saying, and some of the stuff you're saying is completely stupid. So I just needed to chime in. Please, like, please, of, uh, please, Virgil. please enlighten me so, as to how it's stupid. First off, David. okay, we know Virgil. I don't know if y'all know that, but Virgil used to know. be friends back in the day with Aaron Schwartz. Who's um, Aaron Schwartz? Aaron Schwartz is uh, the real founder of Reddit guy who hung himself because he uh, published all of these files from MIT and the government tried to go after him. Really one of the most influential people on the internet. I think he started the uh, uh, blackout the internet when they tried to censor, start censoring websites on the internet. So Virgil uh, has a history of doing provocative things that push the limits of really freedom for individuals, period. So he started something called Tour to Web, which allowed anyone to go to a website called onion.city and search the dark web from an existing web browser. So that's already something that's like... Okay, what does this have to do with him going to North Korea to talk to the establishment so, about so ways that they can use a cryptocurrency? about going to North Korea is that Virgil, as many people in the Bitcoin space think, is not someone who considers himself a subject or slave of the United States. He considers himself a free person with free thought who can say whatever he wants to say to whoever he wants to say it to. There is nothing wrong or should be nothing wrong with telling someone to go Google something. There should be nothing wrong to telling someone to go to a website and learn something. He wasn't telling them to go there Google something. There should be nothing wrong with, with identifying the difference between proof of work and proof of stake as it relates to a blockchain. None of those things are state secrets. And it's really a criminalization of knowledge sharing, which I think is, is a really bad thing to have in a free world. And what Bitcoin is fighting for is a free world. I would also say, like, put the foot, the shoe on the other foot. If someone from North Korea came to America 
gave a speech on how the United States could use blockchain technology to stop economic activity in Korea, returned to North Korea, was rested in They would North be Korea. killed for doing that in yeah. North Korea. Then that's kind and, of my and, point. Know, the Americans would like, say, civil rights abuse. Right, because Not I think... like he had that coming. He shouldn't have done that. So yet, when an American goes to North Korea and comes back to America... We think it's okay to lock him up and throw him in a, in a David, cage. people in North Korea are imprisoned for consuming Western media. Like this isn't – this isn't America and you can't draw comparisons between the two. What Virgil I'm did – if they if the government in North Korea did that, it would be disgusting. And I'm saying what the United States has done is disgusting. Like we were invited to that conference. I wanted to go to that conference. Like the, So they actually held a conference in North Korea? Yeah, like, in Pyongyang. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a conference in like, Pyongyang. Crypto, crypto people. Okay. And, you know, like, I don't agree with the government of North Korea. I don't agree with the government of Russia. I don't agree with the government of Iran. I don't agree with really any totalitarian government that's out there. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't go to those places and talk about technology that can liberate people from the totalitarian. Right. But the thing is, the, the thing, but this that's the thing, but, but that's the thing is like the people who this is going to help aren't involved in that conference. Like they're not going to be able to partake in the talks for their own liberation. So it's a complete so, non-starter so, because the people you're educating are the elites. This isn't helping any of the North Korean people. Well, this like, is just helping well, the elites who are subjugating their people to concentration camps. I think that or, that's your like, opinion. That's, that's your not – that's literally well, like, so like – What Colin's bringing up is like what Laura like made this big big thread. And this is how North Korea works, man. This isn't an opinion. This is how a totalitarian state she, she operates. She's basically explaining how like anything that has to do with anything relating <sighs> not to the totalitarian like – like basically anything that's not uh, exactly the criteria that like the the government wants their people to learn, uh, anything besides that will never reach those people. So the people who like would benefit most from it are not the people that would ever see it. North so that- Korea is essentially a prison masquerading as a country. People are not allowed to leave. They aren't allowed to travel out of their own towns without permission. They are not even allowed to think their own thoughts out loud. If a North Korean verbalizes a thought not in line with their dreams propaganda or commits some other perceived crime, they risk not only being sent to a prison camp but also having their entire family sent and there so, and the so, next two generations so being that's born. That's the justification for criminalizing knowledge. No, I just think that we need to be drawing ethical lines. Like this is not like you're going to, you know, Latin America and speaking to Venezuelans or Argentinians about how they can use Bitcoin or DeFi to liberate themselves from economic enslavement. This is a person going to a totalitarian state and informing them on how to use a technology which, wait, wait, that which, only strengthens the st- point out his speech that he gave us blockchain and peace. Blockchain and freedom. You know, but yeah, I could make a I could make a speech about blockchain and peace and go to Maduro. And give that to Maduro. That doesn't mean that I'm actually preaching about peace. He was giving a talk on technology that only helps a totalitarian state right. further so its I capital can controls. Your argument to literally every single country on the planet. You could say that going to speak at a government conference in China, in which you're giving technology to the Chinese government that helps the Chinese government have more control over their state when they're locking people up in Western China, is furthering the goals of a criminal state. You can say that. You can really extend that argument to probably every developing country on the, on the planet. And you know what we're going to end up in is a world where people can't communicate knowledge because if they do, they're going to end up in an American prison. Not in a North Korean prison, in an American prison. The one place where you're supposed to be free to share any idea, absolute freedom. And so it's like scary to me to think that now as a company, we need to make decisions about what conferences and countries are we going to go I to think that because we don't want to be arrested for sharing information. I think that we're going to be I think we're going to be fine with going to countries as long as those countries well, aren't North Korea. Like so Actually, that's not the case. So actually after this, we've gotten emails from our attorneys. There's a whole list of sanctioned countries 
there are like 22 that are on the naughty list and there's like let's say 10 on the we cannot go to those countries period and so, so like yeah. to me that's fucked up because you know what i didn't sign up to be some pawn in a war that now i have to succumb to the rules of america to go talk to someone like I'm going to talk to people and tell them what I think or what I believe. And I shouldn't be put in jail. Right. Well, all I'm saying is that like you can do that and that's fine. And you can give the finger to the state. But my problem is not with the fact that he went and goes, went and shared information. My problem is with the fact that he showed zero ethical judgment and decided to go give a talk to a regime with a like absolutely tragic human rights record. And I think that's the important problem here. It's not the fact that the China has a tragic. Okay, and if he went to if he went to go give a talk to Xi Jinping, I would be saying the same thing. Really? Like, yes, because you shouldn't be supporting these totalitarian so, states. Hold on. You I should don't. be giving the talks to the people who this technology is supposed to liberate. You giving a talk to a bunch of technocrats Which and elitists was never able to do. Like, right? It, so just don't go. He right. was stupid. So, so that's <laughs> like, what, so ridiculous. What I'm, what I'm wondering is like knowing all that and knowing what you just said about his background. Why would he, I mean besides the, what you said about him being provocative? Why would he do it? Because knowing all that he doesn't believe that he should be he has has true ethical and philosophical opinions that information should be free and so he has no able to be shared he has no bones with talking to kim jong-un about it i have no bones with talking to kim jong-il about it if i had a chance to sit down with kim jong-il and talk to him about bitcoin either of them Il's dead may his soul rest in peace uh and talk to them about bitcoin i would do it in a second and I wouldn't do it because Knowing I Knowing what, what comes after that. Absolutely. Because I want the – I'm looking for right. the collapse of all governments. All right. I'm looking for the collapse of all sanctions. And giving I'm Bitcoin for, knowledge to the people who control the governments is somehow going to necessitate that collapse? It, like, furthers, it furthers the adoption and acceleration of the technology. It doesn't though because you're just talking to the people who already hold the power. It's so, not about disintermediating right, power at that this. point. Do you think it's wrong for uh, people or – it, is it wrong for the state of Iran to be embracing Bitcoin? Is that a bad thing? Uh, the state or the people? The state. I mean, Neither. I'm not going to say it's a bad thing because Bitcoin is apolitical. But like my point is, Wait, as you can. It's apolitical yet. We're going to politicize. No. Bitcoin is apolitical. Bitcoin is apolitical. The people acting in Bitcoin obviously aren't. He made a, a serious lapse in judgment here. This was not a good idea. Okay. So what if instead. He just published his presentation on a website and then emailed the organizers a link to the URL. He never went to the country. He just sent them a link to the URL and then they were able to watch his presentation virtually. Do you think he should still be arrested for that? I'm not saying whether or not he should or shouldn't be arrested for that. I'm saying that I don't think – I think it is ethically bankrupt and morally bankrupt to try to aid a totalitarian regime in the way that he did. And that's what he was doing. My, uh, uh, if I can just chime in here, like, I still think no one has disproven my whole point that what he said, they already knew. And it was just the dumbest thing for him to do anyways. He sent it well, to yeah, the government. So do you he think, didn't think, do you he think did this was worth being in trouble. He shared the presentation with the United States. He but, told them that he was going to go. That, that's he, well, why. they denied. They said he and shouldn't he go. And anyway. Yeah, right. And then had a follow-up interview with them where he told them, I win and here's the presentation. And he told them so, that he showed them how to use smart contracts and blockchain technologies to circumvent sanctions and launder money. Ex- ex- so, like, which could have been found in like a two-minute Google. Excluding right, all but like wasn't. the excluding all like the outside fluff. Do you think what he did was objectively like naive or stupid, or do you think that it was with like? Because that's that's where I'm. That's where I'm like, okay. Well, I think like, it's David's going to say naivete. Is he's, is in, he's in jail, which sucks for him. Yeah. But I think that what he did 
is be an ideological leader for our industry and that we're going to say that no governments get to write laws that limit the free movement of, of ideas, the free movement of people, the free movement of money. Like, that's what this whole industry is about. And fuck criminalizing that. This is not, yeah. and I don't care how, if you're a serial killer and you're sitting down with a serial killer to tell them how to use Bitcoin so that they, they can get away with their crimes. You shouldn't be put in jail for sharing information. Information. No, but you can be called out for bad behavior, and yeah, I think that's bad out, behavior. Like if he had what? gone to North Korea to give talks to actual people, and then the United States government arrested him, that would be you fucked know, up. If, if Donald but. Trump wants to tweet at Virgil and and you know embarrass him for doing it, that is totally in the realm of that. That's free thought and free conversation. That's consistent, but putting him in a cage in a prison is just wrong wrong and i'm and i'm telling you like first off the aclu needs to be defending him second off if this is allowed to be criminalized it will be it is a a a stepping stone towards the destruction of people being able to communicate information across political boundaries like it will get worse and worse and worse from here until they say teaching math to someone in in Iran is a crime. Oh, that's that, that's that's such a, that's such a slippery Wait, slope. A slippery no, I'm saying that's a fallacy. It's like this isn't about teaching someone math. This is about teaching someone how to circumvent international sanctions. It's two completely different issues. It's not a basic knowledge. It's about violating sanctions that have been imposed on a country and whether or not you agree with those sanctions i'm not even i don't even agree with the idea that we've sanctioned north korea i think sanctions just hurt the people of a country rather than the actual government but that's my whole point is that what he was doing is he was teaching the north korean government how to evade sanctions so that they can fatten their pockets even more because what do you think they're going to do with that knowledge you think they're going to spread the wealth to north korean citizens no they're going to do what they've done they're going to they're going to hack south korean exchanges they're going to take Bitcoin from the South Korean exchanges, and then they're going to buy nuclear arms from the Russians, so which I, we already know that they're doing I haven't this. spent time in North Korea, so I can't speak to the reality of what North Korea is. But I can tell you that taking talking points from the, the uh, foreign policy agenda of America is not the way to figure out the perspective of what people living on the ground in that place. No, I'm taking these perspectives from first from primary accounts from North Koreans who have been in prisoner camps. This isn't coming from the United States, man. This is coming from people who have actually lived in North Korea and are conveying to me their experience there. So I agree with you. I've never been to North Korea either, but I'm going to listen to people who actually have lived in that country and have told me how much of a hellhole it, it is. Do you think it would be wrong to do the same presentation that you did that he did to North Korea to uh, United States uh, leaders? Uh, yeah, I absolutely think so. You so you think to sit down with the U.S. government and to, to share similar information with the U.S. government from would the be morally wrong. From the perspective if it means of us being U.S. citizens, like it's our country that he's coming to like teach us to, or because it's the United States. Um, if it means if it means further concentration of power and elites uh, exercising a control, a degree of control and power over their people, I think that is wrong. Yes. All right. Well, then if we're going to be uh, uh, equivalent in our application of the law, which is how it should be, then Half of the industry should now be arrested and put in jail because they've sat down with the U.S. government and told the U.S. government how to leverage this technology. And so let's just arrest Edward. I'm not saying that he should have been arrested. We're arguing two different points. I'm not saying that he should have been arrested. I'm I don't even feel like there's an argument here because it's kind of like we're acknowledging just like every single angle of what's going on here. And yes, like some like we believe it's naive or whatever, but it's also part of like the the it's like what this whole industry was like brought up about. It's like being able to be free and do all these things that like are borderless. And like, that's basically what he was trying to promote. 
So it's kind of like, I don't know if there's Did an argument Did he take it to here. the extreme? Yes, he took it to the yeah, extreme. Yeah, totally. But you know what? That's freedom. Take it to the extreme. He literally to the highest level of, and to, to some people, I mean, like, that's always what these things seem like. It's like these things seem crazy, ridiculous, stupid, but and, pushing it to the extreme always let me, seems let me that way. let point out one other thing, too. All right. You know how much money? It's ridiculous. The, the percentage of the money that, like, could be laundered in crypto versus the laundering that North Korea does? Nothing. It's infinitesimally small. You know why they arrested him? They are sending a message. That oh, yeah. I have no jail. doubt that the they're message, doing that. Who's the message they're sending it to? You, you, Wait, you, can I ask you, a stupid me. question? It's... If you talk to people, we tell you we don't like, we will put you in jail. And that is what freezes dialogue, it freezes commerce, it freezes ideas. And what I'm saying is the dialogue with 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 authoritarians like Kim Jong-un, you don't even need to be having a dialogue with people like that. We need to be careful about who we talk to about this stuff because it's a powerful tool. And, and I, agree. I, I agree with that. You shouldn't be arrested though for it. it where is he in jail? Is he in the United States or is he in North Korea? He's in no, America. he's in America. He's in he's in an American jail because this American entire person. time I thought he was no, 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 no. He got no. The FBI interviewed him and then arrested him in November. So they interviewed him. Well, political prisons. Wow, I didn't know that until right. I mean this conversation. But that's crazy. Right. All right. Well, so we right. we beaten this topic. Well, wait, 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 wait. No. I just need to wait. I had to weigh in on that. Well, wait. Now Virgil, the- I hope you get. I hope you see this. I hope you get out of prison. I hope everything works out. The ACLU needs to back him up. And free Virgil. Free Virgil. Wait. Well, before you go, because I want your um, take on one other topic. Uh, and if I pronounce your name wrong, let me know. Kelly Loeffler? Loeffler? Yeah. yeah. I think I it's Loeffler. Loeffler? Yeah, I think uh, we're going to go with Loeffler. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, Kelly, if you're watching this. Um, Kelly Loeffler, she got the seat in uh, Georgia's Senate. She was just approved Which, by the governor. How awesome is it to just be appointed? Right. So she's going to. So oh. she got appointed. She's going to have to run for re-election in 2020. But like, quick, quick, uh, uh, few, like you know, two minute thought blurb on that. A Bitcoin sure. CEO now in the Senate. Like, yeah. That, that like, yeah. You know, I think that her career in Bitcoin will be much more fruitful than a political career, and I hope she uses like the next like you know 12 months before she has to run for re-election as an opportunity to uh, introduce some uh, uh, pro Bitcoin legislation, and she bounces. Sweet. So I don't know her. I hope she. Uh, I hope it all works out for. Um, you know, little little by little, we infiltrate the government, and eventually, Bitcoiners will will run the show. Which, the faster we can make that happen, the faster we can get Virgil out of jail. All right, free I'm out Virgil, of here. free Ross. Hey, come on, beer man. Wow. Let's uh, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Today's episode of Bitcoin Happy Hour is brought to you by Give Bitcoin the new type of way to buy, give, and receive Bitcoin. If you've ever tried to give a friend or a loved one Bitcoin, you probably figured out that it's not that easy of a process. Seed phrases, altcoins, exchanges, wallets, I mean, where do you even begin? Give Bitcoin is the best way to give the gift of Bitcoin. They take care of everything. The app easily allows you to buy Bitcoin and send it to the recipient of your choice. That recipient must then create an account before they're even able to do anything with a Bitcoin and before you're even charged. But hold on a second, there's more. Before the new Bitcoin owner can go and do something reckless with their new Satoshis, they've got to wait at least a minimum of a year before GiveBitcoin gives them access to the Bitcoin. During that first year, the new coiner will receive a monthly email with practical lessons about custody, how Bitcoin works, how to run a node, and more everything they need to know to become a true Bitcoiner. Their motto is give plus time lock plus educate equals Bitcoiner. I love it. 
To learn more and to start giving today, visit happyhour.givebitcoin.io. Again, that's happyhour.givebitcoin.io. And now, back to the show. Hi guys, we're taking from the break. break. Yeah, I took a little break there because uh, things got got a little spicy. Um, I liked it though. I yeah, liked I liked it too. It's, it's nice to have uh, differences of opinion, intellectual and, uh, discourse. Into- intellectual discourse. Look at you. Yeah, just spilled yeah. my drink. What's it called, Colin? What is this one? This is raspberry trade? lime. Would you like the raspberry lime? Raspberry lime. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. The okay. soy millennials. Soy millennials. You mean the soy zoomers? I'm a millennial. You yeah, you are. Mil- you are a millennial. Yeah. No, are you? Anyway, yes. I mean, technically, what year is yeah. your 1990 fucking six. I think 95 is the cutoff. No, I some 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 put it at 96. I believe 95 is the cutoff. It's 96. Are you on TikTok? This are is used as argument last time. I know. I know. Too. Are you on TikTok? Are you all right, on TikTok? All right. All right. Let's. All right. Let's. We're probably gonna cut all that. No, anyway, we're not cutting any of that. Kelly Leffler, <laughs> back CEO is now a senator for Georgia. First female senator and uh and like something like a hundred years. And like the other one like served for like I think it was like a day or a week. It was some weird technicality. Progress. Like the, yeah, progress, right? The glass I'm, ceiling has been shattered. Yep. <laughs> and peace is raining on the way down. But so uh like uh like David was saying, you know, um you know hopefully this is a good thing. Uh I for one so she is married to the founder of ice yes so which makes me think that like maybe they were bitcoiners and maybe she was but like i don't actually know how much of a bitcoiner she is do you know what i mean like well, what, I mean, what makes she's you say the ceo that? of the company that's doing bitcoin sure futures. but what, what makes you right, say right that? but that, i mean you know people are see the, like, the ceo of hoover vacuums isn't a fucking vacuum enthusiast right you know what i mean like just because you're a ceo of a company doesn't necessarily mean or like, you know, in this case, a trading platform doesn't necessarily mean that you really buy into what you're selling people, you know, like uh, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know what her commitment is to Bitcoin and how much how much she is into it. If she was into it beforehand, if she just kind of took this position because she's a shrewd businesswoman and she saw an opportunity. I don't, I don't think it matters. I assume she is. Yeah, I don't I think it matters how long you've been in Bitcoin. But if you just become and I know it didn't she didn't just become but if you just become the CEO of a Bitcoin company that's doing institutional adoption, uh, institutional adoption, uh, you're a Bitcoiner and you're a hardcore Bitcoiner. Well, maybe not. On top of that, like, uh, you know, what's she going to go back to if, assuming she doesn't go for re-election, like, she's going to go back to being a CEO of bond markets, which means like, uh, uh, you know, she's going to want Everything to be lined up for back to succeed because I'm sure she's got right. all sorts of best Well, and its volume, speaking of back, its volume has been rising. I saw something from Alex Kruger recently where like actually like a fraction of, of a percentage of its volume is actually physically settled Bitcoin futures. They're and most of it is – Yeah, most of it is just paper but, but because there's an option, right? Like you can either have physically settled if you want to. But most of these Wall Street traders don't care. They just want cash, right? Like they don't – they want – ex- yeah, I mean, sad. I mean, that's all they know, man. All they know are like you know, derivatives and cash settlements. So like, none of them want it settled in kind. But anyway, but volume has been rising, which is either a good or a bad thing, you know. Dude, I think the the takeaway message is exactly what David said, though. Like, we've made it. Bitcoin's in the Senate now. Like, uh, uh, that's one way to look at it. That's what? one way to look at it. There, there's one Bitcoin senator and forty nine non Bitcoin senators. For the first time ever. 
I think uh, was it David that or just said 99, 99. I mean, yeah. we'll, see, we'll see how much uh, stuff she's able to like uh, push or whatever because she's not going to be able to get anything approved or anything. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, she's not going to probably push for like appointed. Yeah, she's not necessarily going to push for any Bitcoin. But she can make stuff, like some spirited <laughs> on the floor speeches. Hopefully, about, that's what yeah. she. Does. Well, what's cool is it's like just continuing the kind of trend of like Bitcoin uh, politicians. Like you think about like Patrick Henry, right? And um, who is the other one? It came up during the, the Kentucky league. guy. Uh, I think Patrick Henry is the Kentucky guy. Oh, uh, the Colorado yeah. governor uh, and the Montana. Uh, yeah, but just like all these people, just like you know, like all these people, especially started coming out after the Libra hearings, and like have are like super bullish on Bitcoin. Yeah, and are congressional members who are showing that like this. Is the nice thing I think to know is as a Bitcoiner. Is it like there are congressional members like who are hostile to it for sure? Like um, what's his name? Um, Sherman. Brad Sherman. Yeah, yeah, but like then there are some who like totally get it and are like approaching it not from a political or status standpoint, but from like I'm a United States citizen and this is important to my personal freedom. Because these Congress, like you know, like Patrick Henry, I don't know what his like his you know his mo is or like his like in game is, but like dude probably realizes like he's not going to be in the Senate or not going to be in the Congress forever. So, so you're going to want this when you get out. But it's, it's nice to see that. And I think you're definitely going to see it more and more, um, especially as Bitcoin continues to uh, grow and its network effects, you know, kind of push outwards. Dude, uh, in before uh, every single senator owns a little bit of Bitcoin and like Kelly Leffler in the background is just like, you know, giving them all little airdrops of it. <laughs> She's Dude, handing uh, out like ledgers to everyone. If you're listening to this right now, Please, close session, you know, like after everyone's gone home from work and everything, just tell them to download a Coinbase wallet. Give them a little Bitcoin. A Coinbase wallet? Or, you really? know. Not a green wallet from Blockstream? Blockstream. You think they're going to, you think they're going <laughs> to, they're going to want Coinbase first. They want no, that username password combo. Blockstream. I just, Coinbase is the easiest for people who don't know yeah. what they're doing just, at no, all. No, bro, just send cash out. Centralized fucking wallets. Why not give them a wallet they own the keys for? Blockstream. <laughs> Come uh, on. Uh, hey, you know what? This is why people don't want to download an app because people freak the fuck out whenever you're like, hey, download this simple app. And they're like, don't fucking do that. And it's like, <laughs> no, Jesus. It's, all right. Like, fine. Uh, it's a big point here, man. Weird. Kelly, uh, uh, Senator <laughs> Leffler, Senator Leffler, uh, give every single member of the Senate a some Bitcoin. Just, just do that for us and let them kind of uh, start owning it. It's like the ultimate Trojan horse. Like, hey, I'm giving you money. And then uh, uh, in, you know, two or three years when Bitcoin's, you know, mooning again, uh, you're going to have a whole lot of senators who want to make sure that Bitcoin's got all the regulatory protection. This just in, Bitcoin to not moon within the next six months. Uh, That too. That too. Probably likely. 18K by the end of the year. What's the uh, next subject? Next subject. Are we we tying tying the bow on that one? I feel like we just did. I guess like the only thing you can say is like this is bullish and like it's probably good, but like I don't know how much material benefit it's going to bring. But I think it's like – It's cool. I don't think it's like bullish or bearish. I think it's just like a – you know, like a a keg or not a keg, a cog like fitting into its – Yeah, it's a good – But you know what it does too is it it proves once and for all that like being in Bitcoin – doesn't preclude you from being a senator, right? Like you got that thing. Was going. that a problem? Well, so, that people, was that a, was that unfortunately, a existential problem? Well, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, do you feel a little weird, like knowing that people are going to be digging into your past if you ever run for a senate, and you're like, oh, well, I also worked for Bitcoin, you know, uh, companies for a while, and they're like, oh, you know, like you worked for Bitcoin company, you're like you're pro Bitcoin. Well, yeah, 
and I can be a senator too because Kelly Loeffler was a senator. So boom, uh, it's like it's it's a success story, you know. And with that in mind, speaking of success stories, Lightning Network reaching its first exchange integration with Bitfinex. Probably not everyone's first choice, but... Uh, I mean, Google. we're not allowed to use it if you're in the United States, so I, I'm just... Man, if I had a Bitfinex account, but, I'd be topping it up with some uh, Lightning Leo, right oh, now. <laughs> so, so, like, that's the other thing, too. <laughs> so... Like, this year, SparkSwap came out, right? And so did uh, Jack Mahler's Olympus, which is a way for you to buy Lightning Bitcoin to a Lightning wallet. Yeah, like, let's fucking eat, boys. Uh, right to your Lightning wallet with an ACH transfer, which is super dope. I love that use case, especially for onboarding people on Lightning, because Lightning is super complicated. It's still really buggy. It's hard network to use. Um, that being said, I don't really know, like, like what's the benefit... Like there's, there's not for me, like adding lightning withdrawals and deposits on an exchange, um, unless fees just become astronomical, like at least right now, I don't really see any material benefit because when you're going to an exchange, you're already giving up custody of your assets and you're not really, you don't really care about whether or not the like on ramps and off ramps are greased with something like lightning or decentralized because you do actually, I'll tell you why. Why? Tell me why. Are you ready for this? Okay. It's not, I'm. I just was waiting for you to Drop finish with your bomb. point. Uh, two points that kind of overlap into each other, but just as someone, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking of like, what would I use it for? Why would I use it? Um, on-chain transactions, you can only guarantee, you can't guarantee, you can only um, assume that they're so fast, and by default, they're slow. And so they're oh, going to take yeah. 10, 30 minutes. So for arbitrage is what you're saying. So maybe. if I'm a trader uh, and let's – so the first underlying reason I believe is to uh, – Oh, yeah. The arbitrage game just got like yeah, um, dramatically. I mean, the arbitrage game gets a lot more efficient and there's a lot less opportunities. Okay, that's a good point. But first and foremost, you're like uh, creating this infrastructure for the future. So that being said, in the future, once the lightning capacity is able to support you know multiple Bitcoins worth like per – you know, if, if I wanted to deposit one whole Bitcoin onto Bitfinex, eventually that will be possible. Just it's a matter of when, not if. Once that happens, if I see a move happening and I don't have anything in Bitfinex, I can now deposit like that. Mm, I don't have to wait. That's a good point. For example, two weeks ago, uh, Bitcoin, let's say, was going up and I didn't have enough in uh, my derivatives uh, trading account uh, website. And I wanted to get into that account uh, and make a, a position, but I wasn't able to because the, there wasn't enough Bitcoin in there and I wanted to send it there. Uh, it took me about an hour to wait because Bitcoin was so active and the network was filled with transactions. So Lightning bypasses that and that's really fucking exciting. That's a good point. Also, eventually, Bitcoin transaction fees on chain will be a thing. Like, they're, like they're yeah, gonna, like heavy, yeah, yeah, like high transaction fees for sure. It's built to eventually have that be part of the network. So like, right. So yeah, like a down the road, definitely going to have a material benefit here. I guess I'm just saying right now, it's like laying like, the road. Like yeah, it's, it's laying the groundwork. Right now, I don't think there's as much of an incentive unless maybe you are a trader, but that's also going to require more exchanges, you know, to yeah. to be able to. I don't even know if you can send, like, but the half a Bitcoin to an exchange. I mean, you could use a, a Wumbo channel, but like you'd have to be able to like, that's one thing BitRefill does. Like they've started doing fat channels and yeah. like, but like, you know, like you would have to set that up yourself and you'd probably have to, like you couldn't just do that as a regular user. Right. Hmm. Because like the, the, the boundaries for like, you'd have to be able to go in and tinker with the channel that you were opening with someone mm -hmm. rather you'd have to have extensive knowledge. Um, but one of the things that I think is it will be good for is just like general liquidity, like being able to have exchanges as like 
as, as routing hubs is going to be a huge thing, you know, kind yeah. of in the same way that just like lightning service providers are kind of already doing that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is kind of strange is, so this is the process as a uh, Vlad Kostya, one of our writers wrote up this for the announcement. Vlad. Um, Vlad. Uh, he says, in regards to the process that users will have to follow to send their lightning Satoshis to Bitfinex, uh, the Bitfinex CEO described a system during which the exchange issues a proprietary intermediary token. And this is uh, Apollo, uh, CEO of Bitfinex. The process is simple. You go on the Lightning Network deposit page, you generate an invoice, and then you pay it with any Lightning wallet that you may use, he said. Then Bitfinex will credit you LNX, <clears throat> which is their proprietary Lightning token or Lightning Network currency, and then you can exchange it on a one-to-one basis for Bitcoins. This is strange to me. I guess they have to keep it... So, like, the reason for that... that sounds like is it's, it, the reason why they're doing this, that is because they're not able to support a lot of Bitcoin on Lightning channels. Is that what it is? Well, I mean, well, they just have a token for trading because once you deposit it onto the exchange, right, you're not using Lightning to trade. Well, you still have like to an, have a... Yeah, so you just have to like have... an IOU. Yeah, exactly. Like. It's the same thing as Bitcoin when you go on, like, something like, you know, any exchange, right? It's the IOU representing the Bitcoin. So I think why that's necessary is because they have to... Obviously, they have to keep track of how much Lightning... Bitcoin they have in their channels so that they can make sure to be able to route the deposits when people want to take their Bitcoin out, right? Like you couldn't just so have this it. This is a token on Lightning? Sounds no, like Tether. It's not a token on Lightning. It's just like a token that represents your balance. Gotcha. So okay. like if, if you deposited Lightning Bitcoin onto Bitfinex, you'd need a token designating that that is Lightning because then there, there's no way for Bitfinex to know to be able to differentiate between on-chain Bitcoin and Lightning Bitcoin. Do so, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like is, in their internal accounting. Sounds so like, like Tether. Are you being serious? It's not back to one-to-one. Just wait. True. Yeah. but And I, before I, articles about how Lightning yeah. is one. <laughs> it's fractional. Literally, it's an end before. Like just wait for like the, the death spiral of LNX. Of, you know, Bitcoin is not backed and they've just created another token. It's all tether fund. Well, billions of dollars did go into tether, so like that money was real. I was listening to Nick's uh, podcast with uh, his great. Uh, yeah, I listened to that too. Really, they're basically talking about how like it's ridiculous that people say like it was inflated with like air because like that. Who I forgot what his name was. I'm drawing a terrible blank right now, but he was saying that he saw billions of dollars with his own eyes go into tether um, to fund that. Which and, that's like super important, I think, to kind of have, uh, to have those kind of primary accounts. Yeah. Because I think for like the outsider looking in, like, honestly, if you're just a noob in the Bitcoin industry and like you look at how, t- like, and you read all of the like reporting about tether and like the Fudster reporting or like the Amy Castor reporting where she's like, like really like bent on like making sure that like she's exposing tether. Mm-hmm. Like it seems kind of convincing. Like it's a shady company. They don't have banking relationships. Like it looks fucking weird. Right. But like, it's good to have that insider perspective because it really does shine a light on how things actually work. And I used to be one of those people, like I drunk the tether Kool-Aid hard. I still think that they're kind of shady, but I just saying that they're a fractional reserve, like, yeah. or at least like totally insolvent is just probably, you know, I think it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's what happens when like it's it's that it's like that game, the the like telephone game where you say something and you say it a bunch of times and eventually it, it turns into something that is it's not good. what the another good analogy. Like, You're two for two today, thank baby. You, Let's you. go. But yeah, and like the stuff about like yeah. the bank. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Brandon. Support, but uh, the Bitfinex like not being able to find bank accounts and stuff. That's 
that's like FUD, but that's not FUD because what crypto company is able to have strong banking relationships? So like, come on, like that's well nowadays point. it's it's getting better, but that's it's that's not, only though. because it's, of it's, it's still not. not getting it's no, no, it's getting better because you have designated crypto banks like Silvergate, which yeah, are like actually yeah, and those it. like well, Silvergate's in Nevada. I don't know the other. There's there's another really there's like a one, one bank. Or, that's or getting the, better, but on the flip side, there are a lot of like institutional banks that are like. We've decided we're not going to serve Bitcoin right. companies anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's so like weird. For no other reason than like a little middle finger dollar. Well, hyper-Bitcoinization can't come soon enough, man. Because then it's like we don't need the banks. I know. Right? Just wait. Like, um, All right. Well, so uh, final thoughts on Lightning for exchanges. Um, I think the kind of consensus is like could bullish. be good. Yeah, bullish. Could Super be good. Bullish. Will be good. Not the most useful thing right now, at least until other exchanges operate. I, that I hadn't even thought about the arbitrage point. That was really good. Well, I mean, Brandon brought that up, but like the arbitrage is really you just, brought that up. Well, so what I pointed out, and like what I really love about Lightning going on through exchanges is like the fact that it now creates the infrastructure to deposit quickly. That's really it, depositing quickly. You're not able to do that if I deposit the Binance, right. Coinbase Pro, anywhere. You have to wait 30, 45. Uh, 50 an hour sometimes two hours if we're in another bull market you're going to be waiting two three four honestly if there aren't lightning enabled exchanges in two three years from now you might be waiting days to mm, deposit your bitcoin did you him just get worked up like he would you just worked yourself up on that well i'm passionate like, about it that. could if be I, an hour he would you three a day it could <laughs> it be a be day. day you know we might be we might die before our bitcoin yeah. gets the exchange. counterpoint oh, counterpoint to that though and this isn't like people would scream at me for this but like for the exchange, as soon as they see the transaction hit their mempool and they know it's from you, like and if you let they them know, that yeah, they would just immediately credit it. As long as the fee is high enough, there's not really – yeah, they well, don't, but they could because that's how a lot of payment processors work. It's a risk. They, yeah. It so, is a risk, so like right, which is why it's like – So like betting platforms right now and like other platforms, I'm sure too, they credit with zero con. That's a risk that they take. But exchanges, and you said, like, if they know it's me, well, who am I? Like, what if I turned into right. a malicious actor? What if I finally build up the credit to say, oh, I'm a good person, and then financially screw an exchange with a irreversible transaction that completely ruins the, the business? So Yeah, it's too high risk for an exchange to credit without a couple comps. Yeah. I mean, maybe, one comp. you know, honestly, though, now that I think about it, maybe, like, when the Bitcoin hash power is... It's already astronomically high, but when it's so impossible to even think about uh, attacking it, maybe then zero conf is like, well, how can you? Well, also that? if you think about it from like a legal perspective, like they know you're the account, like they they can see from your like accounts logs that you were trying to deposit Bitcoin through your account, and so they have like they know you're the one saying you're depositing this much Bitcoin. So if you end up trying to screw them by like sending that transaction somewhere else. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like, what if I was fake all along, though? It's uh, Unless I know the exchange personally, and at that point, you're setting custom rules for different users. Right. So, like, so it, it would be too much. I agree. Like, ultimately, it's too much of a headache because, like, let's say that they do take zero comps and you trade with Bitcoin you don't have. Then they have to disable withdrawals until that confirmation hits, right? Because if you were to zero yeah. comp, tra- you know, send Bitcoin in, they they credit your account, you trade for, you know, another token or Ethereum, then you withdraw that and then mm-hmm. you just double spend the Bitcoin and then add a higher fee. And then the higher fee one is the one that goes through first. Then you just got free Ethereum, right? Or like three, whatever. Yeah. But like, they, they, so they would have to wait until you actually trade, I think, and like disable your withdrawals. But anyway. I mean, that's, yeah. Beside the point, I think it's a good point about, uh you know, especially in the future when uh, block size is uh, a little more or like you know, demand is a little higher for uh, block space. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely going to be a game changer. All right. 
we're running out of time, but I do want to bring this up just very briefly because I think it's super cool. Uh, Russell O'Kung, the left tackle for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, Boo. for his uh, tighten up, baby, down the Chargers. Tighten up, I'm, let's go. I'm a Chargers right. fan. I'm, I'm a Bears fan, so I don't like either. But anyway, so for his my cleats, my cause, which is a NFL initiative where players design their own custom cleats and wear them in Week 14 for certain causes. Uh, usually charitable. He chose uh, BTC Pay Server. Uh, we just released an article about this today. If you haven't peeped the uh, the kicks yet, super dope. You should go check them out. But uh, Russell Okung has kind of been like the pr- premier like NFL ambassador for Bitcoin. And uh, I just think it's super cool that he is giving BTC Pay a shout out because it's one of the I think it's one of the coolest projects. What I really in love open source Bitcoin. Yeah, that, I mean I think they're yeah there's there's so many uh, awesome open source projects, but BTC Pay is like one of the best. Um, what I think is really cool about this is that they're actually Russell's actually going to be able to wear the ga- uh, cleats in the game as opposed to other weeks in the NFL where there isn't this initiative where people are able to display like their causes that they're wearing them for, like other. Um, NFL players wear uh, cleats to warm up in, and they're always flashy. They always have some sort of message. So the the idea behind this is uh, not new, but the fact that the NFL is letting people like openly express a cause that they're passionate about on a certain week to wear them in game, I think is awesome. That's I think is Russell on uh, IR though. I think he's back. He's been back oh, for nice. a week or two. I think. Okay. Cool. He might have been placed back on injury. I, I don't know though. I think he's back though. I know he's injured for a while. He like his first start, Actually, I think, of the season was against the Titans. Yeah, uh, in Nashville, which Russell saw you play the first game work. of the season. Yeah, his first game that he played this season was against then, the Titans. Right, and then he came out with an injury yeah. uh, for like weeks, uh, and that's when we were talking about Bitcoin twenty nineteen. So yeah. I think after that is when he got injured again. Do you know? Uh, also, by the way, Colin, did you see in Telegram uh, the? The like GM or like his business partner. Oh yeah, the Bitcoin is guy gave you a little shout. Yeah, out, uh, it was nice for nice. the article. So nice. Hey, we- fun fact: Russell Kung is actually one of Philip Rivers' kids. Really? Wow. Is he number number four? He's Phil's like number, number 36. <laughs> 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 Who is this man? Uh, uh, yo, one more quick note of just like a really interesting podcast I just listened to that's like a pat ourselves on the back little thing. Uh, uh, Planet Money came out with the podcast. This may have been a while ago and I just now listened to it, but uh, about there was a Russian uh, a syndicate that was going to casinos Uh, and going to their um, uh, slot machines. And they had like a little app that they were basically logging in all of their different uh, moves of what came up on the screen. Uh, And then it was telling them what was going to happen next on the slot machine and how much to bet, basically. Mm. And this was because, and this is where you get to the pat on the back, uh, because their random number generator algorithm uh, for this specific slot machine making model uh, was cracked. Like they figured out what the elliptical curve technology was like in order to kind of make that random numbers, uh, stuff happen. Uh-huh. So, uh, turned out like these Russian guys are able to like basically put it into an app and be able to backtrack exactly like what the next thing that was going to show up on the screen was because of, uh, uh, like they cracked basically the, the randomness of the curve. What made Wait, you think of that? Yeah. I literally listened to this thing last night and I was just like, oh man, this is like such a crypto thing. But because of like some of the uh, uh, new like advances in technology that have happened in part because of this space mm-hmm. and like all these people trying to create their own, you know, uh, blockchain uh, security algorithms and stuff like yeah. 
that's now not a worry. Uh, like shot 56, right. was like one mm, of the, the mm. but anyways, I'm you know, gonna, uh, uh, listening to the podcast, I don't know like what the exact, uh, uh, encryption mechanism they had in order to like make it, uh, uh provably random was, but like, uh, uh, it was just super, super interesting to kind of hear like the same sort of math and backend stuff that goes into Bitcoin and crypto mm-hmm. also goes into these casinos. And like one of them was, uh, uh hacked. So what's fun? This uh, reminds me of this story that, like, what you just brought up. Uh, the official Bitcoin wallet, if I'm not mistaken, I might be misspeaking on a couple of things, but the overall story is the same. The official Bitcoin wallet for Android. I actually don't know if we've talked about this before, but that wallet uh, in 2014, in like the peak of that market, um, the JavaScript random number generator that they used in mm-hmm. that wallet. Some hackers, unrelated to Bitcoin and that whole crypto technology, cracked it. They were able to basically hack it and like make it not random, and then were able to go and like basically, I think, find out, out people's seed, private keys. The seed phrase, yeah. And so device, anybody, yeah. yeah, anyone in 2014 that downloaded this wallet basically got all their funds stolen because of that uh, flaw. Wow. Yeah. Like, Interesting. It's the same thing, but kind of funny because it actually applies directly to crypto and it's not solving the problem yeah yeah well like uh, uh you know honestly it may have been the same because i think this was like around 2014 15 16 uh-huh. uh, somewhere around that date range that like these russian guys were doing it so it may have been the same it might exact, have been the same uh, yeah definitely uh, uh you know encryption i forgot who was telling me this but yeah it was like they they didn't even go into the wallet that they were using the wallet just pulled from the JavaScript uh, source code library on the internet. So they had nothing to do. Nice. They just knew that that... A little lazy generated. shortcut. Yeah. Yep. They just knew that they were pulling <laughs> that generator from that code. And it's like... Yeah, dude. Uh, someone, uh, specifically, someone was able to up, like a, a malicious developer was able to upload because it was open source, like whatever they were developing. Right. Someone was able to sneakily like upload uh, a pull request or something to that JavaScript random number generator that was able to hack it and nobody noticed. Well, so and- it was like... What they may have done too, and like maybe what this, uh, what these guys did is like they had their own machine in house that they would just consistently be pulling the lever and finding like what happened next, and they got enough data pieces. They basically were able to kind of like backtrack out exactly. So it was never random. None of them were very random. It's all just like a elliptical curve, usually like a a, a, slot machine. A slot machine is totally random. No. Computers cannot be random. They have to start with some seed of like uh, some launching point that then they are calculably random. Uh, uh, But like if you know their launching point or if you have enough data sets that you can kind of backtrack out the uh, uh, what the curve looks like you can effectively break the randomness of it. Yeah, but is so, that more of a probability or like a key to unlock it completely? Because that sounds more like a probability thing where like you can count cards, but you're still sort of gambling on no, it. No, 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 no. It is a, if you know the key and if you have enough data sets, data points, you can basically calculate. And like, I'm saying this without being a, a cryptographer myself, but like uh, you can calculate and figure out exactly what... So, like the random number generator is actually doing to generate these pseudo random numbers. That makes it's a not lot of, true randomness. This makes a lot of sense because the cold card wallet actually uh, encourages you to as many times as you want. They have a random number generator that you like they use to generate your private key, mm-hmm. but they also encourage you to enter a random number that you think of in your head exactly. to help like randomize the randomness. Totally. Yeah. And like huh. a lot of these, cool a shit. lot of these will yeah. have like some sort of, Sometimes they'll use like the date of your com- like the time of your computer 
as like one of the inputs for the random number so generator. It's ra- it's like random. There's like, some real randomness kind of added into it, but uh, uh, none of them are like. There's always an elliptical curve kind of uh, graph that they use in order to kind of uh, augment the actual randomness on top of it. And if you wow. can crack that, then you can crack the actual randomness of it. That's why also for Bitcoin, like uh, uh, one of the things is that Bitcoins, I think, is like a uh, some sort of curve like this, mm-hmm. like an X to the three kind of curve. And I'm sure it's way, way more complicated than that. But like because of the fact that there's like potentially three different points along any line that's created in their elliptical curve, uh, you can't actually prove that like any sort of one uh, uh, data set falls on any point of the curve because it can intersect multiple times on that curve. And so like, uh, uh, that's this, also why this is now, this is now going, way, I know, and I know, and this is like me. way, way beyond, but this is also why people talk about quantum computing as like a big issue for Bitcoin. Cause they'll be able to figure it out. Like because that you can kind of skip quickly. that step of abstraction yeah. and like suspend it in like the, uh, uh yes, no, you know, quantum. Ooh, let's uh, talk uh, about that next. Beer man. Yeah. Cue the money. Yeah. 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 And we are out. Oh, Thanks for gosh. joining us for this episode, guys. So you liked me throwing money at you like two weeks ago. No, I mean, I like it when Graham does you, it. But it turned you on. Mm. Cool. I don't know about turning you on. I'm, I'm the money sure. thrower in this town. Take the shit. Like, All right. People people were suffering because this is devalued. I don't know, dude. That was the most interesting part in my opinion. Yeah. That was anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us, guys. Tune in next week. Deuces. Ah, peace. Peace.